Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, coaching you in the Word. We're glad to have you from wherever you're listening today. We uh, want to encourage you today uh, in the Word of God, through the Word of God, and by the Word of God, so that the Word of God can impact your relationship and your life and growth in Him. I want to encourage you today that if you ever have a need to contact us with encouragement or questions, please contact us at MikeSpringstonMinistries.com at Family Fellowship Chapel Facebook Messaging, FFCMA.org, or Springston56 at gmail.com. Any of those ways will reach us, and we would look forward to hearing from you and uh, being blessed by your comments. Well, today we're going to go into a ministry, a message rather that I preached on Sunday evening, um, on the um, would have been the seventh of August. It's entitled "When Our Relationship Turns Into a Ministry." I know you'll enjoy it. I'll be back with you at the conclusion of the message. God bless you as you hear and study the Word of God. The title of our message is just that. When we realize that our relationship has turned us into a minister. We're going to begin tonight with Isaiah 61 and verse 6. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Hi, Jim and Tammy. So we see right off the bat that we've been given a new name. That name is to be called the priests. We're named the priests of the Lord, and men will call you ministers of God. All right, so we've identified with Him correctly, and then we can cooperate with Him. When we do, we can begin to pray correctly. When we begin to pray correctly, we will become ministers of God. Now, why is it imperative that we realize that our relationship must turn, (coughs) excuse me, into a ministry? Because it's from this developed ministry that the body of the church and the body that is known as the body of Christ begins to build the lives of believers. Isaiah's words here serve as a prophecy to the church. He said you'll be named priests. You'll be called ministers. Now from this position we can hear Peter say in 1 Peter 2 and 5, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Well of course he's talking about his dive into Matthew chapter 16. Jesus of course was chosen by God to fulfill all the acts and deeds that were required to allow us to have the opportunity to identify with Him and to cooperate with Him so that we could have a relationship with Him. And this relationship was to develop into a new name, which was that 
of which we could never have been prior to understanding and knowing who Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord and our God was. So in knowing this, cooperating and identifying correctly, we could use that relationship to become ministers. Now watch. Verse 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Huh. A holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Do you see that? When you know Him as Jesus Christ, High Priest, Lord, and God. Well, you have developed the relationship that turns you into a minister. You've developed a spiritual dwelling in such that you have become a holy priesthood. Now, what do we do with this new name of priest? Well, we offer supernatural sacrifices from the supernatural events that accompanied all of the entirety of the works of Jesus Christ. We offer our sin. We offer our flesh. We offer our praise. We offer honor. We offer our worship. We offer our service. These are all products of the supernatural events that were associated with what began our development in Christ, in Jesus, because of the cross. These are then, according to Peter's writing in 1 Peter chapter uh, 2 and verse uh, 5, these then become approved and favorable by God. Now, why is that? Why would God favor our development of a spiritual house and a holy priesthood so that we could offer spiritual sacrifices, supernatural sacrifices, and say that they were acceptable? Why would that be? Well, because they have come through and by Jesus Christ. Look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, before I go any further, I want to tell you that when the priests left the outer court in the tabernacle, they went to the laver, and there they washed and bathed, purged, cleansed, and refined, and sanctified themselves until... Their body had been given as a living sacrifice that became holy and acceptable unto God. And that was their reasonable service because of who they were. Well, who were they, Pastor? They were members of the Levitical priesthood. It was from that Levitical priesthood that they would walk into the Holy of Holies and there offer spiritual sacrifices unto God. Now, why would this happen? Why would people, why would Paul tell us that we need to present our bodies as living? This is going to be beautiful, so pay close attention. Because this is what priests do. They sanctify themselves for the service that is to be done in the holy place. They sanctify themselves for that. That is, uh, that place is a place that is 
shrouded in total light. Everything in there is total light. Therefore, there can be nothing in the priest that is patterned after the world. Nothing. They have to get rid of every flesh, every thought, bringing them under captivity. So that when they go into the holy place to offer the supernatural sacrifices, the spiritual sacrifices, they're being offered from the purity of heart. Now this is reasonable when you consider what the high priest has done for you and that this is your service as a member of his priesthood. Now I want you to notice this. In the tabernacle in the wilderness, many milled around in the outer court. Countless stayed in the outer court. Only those who were members of the Levitical priesthood were able to sanctify themselves and enter into the Holy of Holies. Now, access today by those who understand the relationship that they have developed with Jesus Christ must be turned into a ministry and that you have become a member of the high priest's priestly family of which he referred to you as brethren. When you understand that, then you understand that access not only into the holy place, but into the place where you approach God and see Him as Lord, High Priest Lord, and our man in the Godhead becomes not only available to you, but expected of you. Now, in this priesthood, we are bringing the sacrifice and making the act of sacrificing on behalf of ourselves and those we bring before God. But only those who were sanctified and in the correct family lineage were allowed to go into the holy place. They were the ones who were able to offer spiritual and supernatural sacrifices. In the tabernacle made without hands, we are made acceptable by God because we have come in there by Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means we're acceptable because we followed him by imitating him in each step along the way, beginning with the conclusive work that was done at the cross. The conclusive work of forgiveness. Complete and utter forgiveness of every transgression, every iniquity, lost peace, and the stripes that were laid for our physical and spiritual healing. We have begun there to build relationship with Him. We have buried our flesh. We have put on the new spirit of life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our sin has been buried. And we are dead to the world. Now dying causes us to be made holy. When they stood at the labor and they washed to cleanse, purge, and refine, they were dying to themselves. Holiness causes us to be made acceptable. 
These actions become our reasonable actions when placed against the work that grace, Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord and our God, with the divine qualities of being eternal, of being creator, of being personal, of being light, of being life, of being illumination, of being salvation, of being glory, and of being grace and truth, this man, whose actions have been placed against our actions and become grace to us, has provided this for us so that we can enter into the holy place, be acceptable, and then enter into the throne room of God, whereby we come in not as just a saved individual. We've been given a new name, Isaiah 61, 6 told us. We've been given the name of priest, and we have been called by men the ministers of God. How did that happen? It was provided by what happened at the cross, the tomb, the resurrection. And then Jesus entering in to sprinkle blood on the vessels of ministry. Thereby calling us by our faith because of grace, because of what he did. Calling us by faith when our faith was put in what he did, calling us brethren and making us priests and giving us a new name. I am a priest of a holy and royal lineage. Therefore, when the keys are given to the royal realm, I am a priest who has access because I am a brother of the high priest who has become Lord and our man in the Godhead. Someone said, Pastor, you know, is all of this required? I'm telling you that your relationship in Jesus Christ must develop into your ministry. And I'm going to show you that. Verse 2 of 12, 12, Romans 12. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what <laughs> is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For this to occur, there must be a renovation of the mind. The mind must go from relationship to ministry. A renovation of the mind that comes from the transformation of the soul. This is completed by the work of the Holy Spirit. So herein is why not many enter into the holy place. Because they want to hang on to the world. They revisit the cross as if the work accomplished there wasn't sufficient to produce forgiveness that was followed by liberty. Now I want to say that again. They continue to revisit the cross as if the work there was not sufficient to produce forgiveness followed by liberty. 
and freedom. Freedom from what, Pastor? Freedom from sin. Freedom from the clutches and the gravity of the fall. We took those things with Jesus to the tomb. Many seem unaware of the price that grace paid for grace to be given. The free gift of grace who died has extended the free gift of grace that one can receive him by faith. Now we understand. Paul said, for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now we see it. Because Paul is living in grace. Grace came by Jesus Christ. Grace was Jesus Christ. He was the person of grace. He was full of grace and truth. And so Paul now is living by the faith of Jesus Christ. Because he exercised his faith in the grace that was the man that gave grace to him. We don't understand the price of grace. Therefore, we often remain running back and forth to the cross because we've never understood that the one who was grace, that gave us grace, that produced grace, that provided grace, it was a gift that wasn't of our own. It was a gift of God. What was his gift? It was Jesus Christ. We've never understood that in the gift of grace was complete freedom. There was complete dominion. It was all in grace. The free gift. Now, when we see who grace is, which John identified him as grace in John chapter 1, we, seeing that work, can now look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 differently. Because that grace is totally transformational. Paul would never have said that we shouldn't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind if it wasn't possible for us to do so. The theological grace that we've been taught has served to be a trap to many. It provides the loopholes for worldly living. This interpretation does not promote the prerequisite for the priesthood because it does not promote holiness and therefore cannot be acceptable or pleasing to God. Why? Because it does not find its genesis in and by the man who expresses the divine qualities of grace. Now, who is this man? He's Jesus Christ. He is grace. John said so. He is the gift of God. Jesus said so. Paul said, it was a gift not of yourself, but a gift of God. Who was that? It was Jesus Christ. He was both given by God and became the gift of God. This on both accounts was outside of our reach and beyond our grasp prior to the cross. God's plan for man was for man to become priests. James 5 is going to tell us why. Look at James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Now watch this because we've read this and misunderstood it. Why would Christians confess their faults one to another? When Christians have served in many cases to be the party line 
for telling what's going on with everybody's life. Why, why would that be? Because God intended for you to be a priest. God intended for you to be the one to, could, that they would confess your, their faults one to another and pray one for another. Well, in doing so, the priests are to confer with the one who is considered by God to be a member of the order of the high priest. The people, rather, are to confer with the ones who are considered to be a member of the order of the high priest so that one can enter into the holy place on behalf of another brother or sister and offer spiritual sacrifices by using the supernatural. What are the elements of the supernatural? Well, they're the blood and they're the body. The blood has been sprinkled for the forgiveness of all of the faults and all of the sin. This is what prayer is supposed to be and how it is supposed to be completed. In other words, it's to be completed from the posture of a priest ministering for the benefit of those to whom he or she is carrying their burden. This is the expectation of the body of Jesus Christ as it carried our burden. So when James said that we are to confess our faults one to another and pray for one for another, he is saying that from the perspective of the fact that we are to be priests after the order of our high priests and to go into the holy place and pray and approach God with the burdens of those of whom have confessed their faults of whom have confessed sickness, of whom have confessed problems. We are to be the priests that carry their burden with us into the holy place. You see, we got stuck in Christendom. We got stuck with the concept of eternal life. That we want to go to heaven, that we don't want to go to hell. We never realized to what extent God was calling us. We were called to develop our relationship. How do we know that? Because that's what Jesus told him in Mark, Matthew 16. He said, you're going to develop your relationship. You're going to come into the royal realm. When you get there, you're going to have power to bind and loose. Heaven and earth are going to agree because of your priesthood, because of your ministry, because you have gone beyond the cross and beyond the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. You have died to the flesh and you have become a priesthood, a royal priesthood who is pleasing to God and who is able to offer spiritual sacrifices that are accepted to God. Now, what are they? That it is your ability to pray one for another. It is your ability to carry the burdens of other people, of other Christians. It is the ability to stand in the throne room of God and access what the high priest 
the Lord and our man in the Godhead has provided for you. This was the call of Christendom. But we got stuck on we don't want to go to hell. We got stuck on messages that told us nothing about living. We got stuck listening to preachers who were great orators. We got stuck dancing to the music. We got stuck standing and listening to the beat. We got stuck in churches of tradition. We got stuck with preachers that never told us anything at all about how to legitimately pray. I heard a man teaching on prayer the other day, and it was so intellectual, out of his mind, putting words in God's mouth, when the Word of God has shown us the pattern that Jesus desired for us to come. But yet, we would rather to be entertained by an intellectual thought than to identify with the Word of God. If you are going to cooperate with God and get God to do the things that have been promised in and by Jesus Christ, then you're going to have to understand the pattern by which He is operating. He has called you to develop from a relationship of being saved into a deeper place of being sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and operating as a minister in the priesthood. James is telling that to us in James chapter 5. Then he says, now listen to the scripture, confess your faults one to another and pray for one, pray one for another, that you may be healed. Prayers an act when produced from the priesthood that serves to be a healing balm both to the one who has confessed and to the one who is serving as priest. Now why is that? Because the one who prays at the table of showbread is ingesting the body and the blood as a testimony of the fulfillment of the promises that are in Jesus Christ concerning both physical and spiritual healing. This represents a supernatural work. Now, we're not startled by that. Because if you're saved today, a supernatural work took place in your life to get you there. It didn't happen any other way. A supernatural, if you are saved, a supernatural work took place. If you are dying to the flesh... A supernatural work is taking place. If you're living in the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus and you are searching and seeking and if you are doing what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 that you are seeking and placing your affections on things above then what are you doing? Well, you are living and growing and developing into a ministry. That ministry is a ministry that is going to, to allow people to bring their burdens and for you to pray for them and for both you and them to be healed. Physical, spiritual healing. For years, 
I've wondered about why in the world Isaiah 53, dealing with the cross, carried both physical and spiritual healing. Many teach it as just spiritual healing until I found out that the cross heals a man spiritually. When the flesh dies, the man's spirit man, his spirit changes and his mind changes. Then he receives the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and his ministry develops and all of a sudden he begins to work with the high priest who's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. What is that? Is that only spiritual? Well, of course not. No, that's physical. And then I see in the Word of God that He's touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. Then I see Him covering us and allowing us to come into the throne room of God where we see Him as Lord. What is He doing there? He's causing every knee of everything in heaven, hell, and earth to bow. Well, what are those things? Anything that has a name. Anything that has a name bows to His Lordship. So He is now controlling both the elements of your spiritual life and the elements of your physical life from His Lordship. Because the last time I looked, there was when, when, when a cell began to mutate negatively, they gave that a name. They called it cancer. And Paul said that everything that has a name bows. So everything in your physical world bows. That's what Jesus taught in Mark 16. Then He taught us in Mark 16 everything in the spiritual world bows. When He said that in His name demons would be cast down. See, He controls everything in the spiritual world and everything in the physical world. When and if we understand Him as Lord, I've heard preachers say, you can get saved and you don't have to worry about Him being Lord. Well, then it's open season on you both spiritually and physically. Because when He is your high priest and you go from relationship to ministry, all of a sudden your spiritual and physical self are covered. All of a sudden... Everything that has a name comes under His Lordship. Huh. Now that's an interesting position to be. Because you have the ability now, because you're offering spiritual sacrifices through the priesthood, to enter into the very throne room of God and not only have access from the holy place to the high priest, but now to the Lord who is over everything. You have that access. If you stay in the relational level, on the peripheral, then you never develop into the ministry. He said when you pray for others as the ministry of the high priest or the priest, you're going to be healed. We're the ones that are in offering supernatural work. And in that offering is an unchangeable, immutable, the acts of the sprinkling of blood by our high priest. That when they're appropriated correctly, meet the internal and the external need 
of everyone involved, you as the priest and those for whom you are bearing and carrying their burden. Healing becomes the expected, expected absolute. Spiritual and physical healing become the expected absolute instead of the remote possibility. Now, how did that happen? Because you left relationship and went into ministry. When you are in ministry, my friend, every promise of grace, who is grace? It's Jesus Christ. Every promise that has been sent forth, laid out, is given to you by Christ, by Jesus. And now, not only is it given, but you have access. How do you have access? By faith. Now your faith has been stimulated and put on fire. Your faith has been activated. Why? Because you've heard the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard the word about who you are, not in relationship, but in ministry. And as a minister of the high priest, you have not only access, but you have the expectancy. You have the absolute expectation that grace, Jesus, will be released. Now there's a way that he's releasing himself and I don't have time to go into that tonight. There's a means, there's a way he's releasing himself. It is important that you hold on to that thought. There is a way and a means that Jesus is releasing himself. I want you to see that next time. Father, I thank you for the word of God. May we go from relationship to ministry. May we develop ourselves through the names of Jesus Christ until we can be in the royal realm and so we can use the names of Jesus Christ to bind and loose because heaven is in agreement with us because of how we got there and in whose name we got there through. Now, Father, I thank you. Bless your people.